0: experimenting again. So tonight with me is Shraddha, who is going to be my assistant. Hopefully you can hear me. Hopefully you'll be able to hear her. Again, we're trying to make this a meditative experience. questions to ask, just keep your eyes closed. Take it as a practice of meditation, a time to not escape from reality, but come closer to reality. See reality more clearly.
1: Uh, Someone made a comment saying volume is very low, they can't hear it.
0: see that you can see in the program if it goes to red we're in trouble okay all right so if you can't hear just turn up your volume or not hearing hearing if you don't understand the words that's okay you can take it as a meditation the volume. They oh. say it's better.
1: I just send a message as you. Listen.
0: If there's any messages coming it's not me.
1: Yeah they say it's better.
0: Alright. The microphone has, might have to be closed as well. Okay and those of you who are if you have a question the same applies take it as a meditation. When you have a question, just open your eyes, type the question, and then go back to meditating. Shraddha will be asking the questions on your behalf and I'll be answering them.
1: They're still saying the volume is not very. A few people.
0: Is it still too low?
1: Yeah. They're saying they can't hear very well.
0: All right. We'll turn it way up. You check the in the app. It'll see how it it, tell you how loud it is. Just make sure it's not going through the red.
1: No, it's still in the green. I can turn it up
0: a little bit Can, and now, better? Yeah. Okay. Should move that out there, then you can adjust the volumes
1: next time. ask if it's better. Can they hear me? Is it better? Okay, much better.
0: All right. If there are no questions, never know. Then we can just sit here and meditate together. Just as good. Shraddha has the real job. She has to look and watch. Pay attention. So thank you for helping Shraddha.
1: The so question is, what do you do with pain during meditation? It's not updating the question.
0: Well, I don't know if you read my booklet on how to meditate, but it does talk about pain. The Buddha taught the four satipatthana Satipatthana, sati means to remember Patthana means Or upatthana means establishing Or foundation Making a foundation A foundation for remembrance It's not very familiar sort of saying But that's the idea The remembrance Remembering things just as they are That's the idea and so pain is, is under the second satipatthana, the second way of doing this, of remembering things just as they are. Because pain is part of things, it's part of reality. And so if you have any kind of vedana, is the second one. Kaya vedana, citta dhamma, you should memorize these. Everyone who practices in this technique should remember all four of these. If you haven't read the booklet, that's where I'd recommend to go. It talks about these, but in brief, Vedana, there are three kinds. Sukha Vedana, Dukha Vedana, and Upeka Vedana. Sukha means happy feelings, any kind of pleasure or happiness in the mind or body. Dukkha-vedana is any painful feelings, painful in the body or painful in the mind, like sadness or anger. And Dukkha vedana is any kind of calm or neutral feeling. And when any of these arise, you should establish sati, establish a sense of experiencing the object, the vedana, the feeling. Just as it is. So if you feel happy, you'd say to yourself, happy, happy. If you feel calm, you'd say, calm, calm. If you feel pain, say, pain, pain. And just try and stay with it until it goes away. Often this sort of question is asked because people want to get rid of the pain. And that's not what we're about. The Buddha said you have to understand dukkha thoroughly. You have to thoroughly understand it. there's no way to do that if you're running away from it, if you're avoiding it. In fact, once you come to understand it, you realize that the real suffering doesn't come from the experience. It comes from the stress and the dislike, the agitation in the mind. When you're mindful, that's absent. And even though there might be great pain, there's not suffering in the mind. Next question.
1: Um, Can you go over nama and rupa during walking meditation?
0: Nama is that which takes an object, sāramana, sāramana dhamma. It's a a dhamma that has an object, an āramana. Rupa is anāramana, it has no object. What that means, that's just a technical way of describing the difference between rupa and nama. Nama is something that takes an object Means it's it's aware of things It's the awareness Aspect Rupa is the aspect that's not aware It's the physical we would say But from experiential point of view It just means the things that Are taken as an object Not the things that are an object Or not the things that take an object So when you walk Let me ask you, when, Shraddha. Let me ask you, when you walk, what walks, rupa or nama?
1: The physical.
0: Rupa or nama? Rupa. Mm. When you speak, which speaks? Rupa. When you laugh, which laughs?
1: Rupa. Proper both, I guess, a little bit. I'm
0: not sure. Well, the the laughing is laughing is laughing. I think Nama laughs?
1: Probably
0: not. Now, Nama's involved. You might object to all these thinking when the walking, while Nama's involved, but Nama isn't doing the walking. Nama just knows, it's aware of the walking. Nama is awareness, and awareness has different qualities. So you can be happy, aware, you can be unhappy, aware, you can be angry, and so on. But the walking, the movement of the foot, that's rupa. The knowing of it, that's nama. That's rupa and nama. Any kind of judgment of it, any kind of conception of it as being long step, short step, hmm. Good step, bad step, anything like that. That's nama. Rupa is the, the movement. The rupa is the tension or the, the heat or the cold or the, the hard or the soft. It's the feeling, the physical sensations. I'm not going to say next question because what if there are no more questions? I'll just stop talking and you post the next one. Um,
1: What to do in order to increase the quality of the noting? My practice has become really automatic and even though I'm noting constantly, it's mindless instead of mindful.
0: What was the first part? What to do if?
1: In order to increase the quality of the noting. Hmm. The noting has become mindless. Mm -hmm.
0: Well then its it's not the object it, it's not a note for the object that's present. If you're noting if your' noting is automatic autom- automatic isn't the problem, but the problem is when it's unrelated to the present experience so uh, if suppose so for example, if you're walking, um, but when you say it's automatic, it means the mind is somewhere else. Because the mind takes an object It's just not taking the foot as an object So when you say stepping right, stepping left for example Well that's not what the mind is actually experiencing That's the problem The problem isn't that it becomes too automatic The problem is that it's taking a different object So how to improve it? Start focusing on on the actual object Rather than you know the foot Because like, that's where I'm supposed to be noting There's absolutely things that you're not noting That you should be should be noting where the mind is, not where you think it should be or so, or, or where you're used to noting so that it becomes this uh, mindless, as you say, mindless activity. Because there is a mind, so when the mind gets distracted by something, that's where the noting should be. The noting should be of that distraction, the thing that's distracting you.
1: As a meditation on the body and how it's not attractive, how could I find this?
0: You can find it in the Visuddhimagga, there's a very good lengthy description and explanation on how to practice, it's very useful. Definitely recommend checking that out if you're interested. It's eye-opening if nothing else, even if you, for those who never actually take it as a meditation, it's eye-opening.
1: Are the four elements a part of body, mind, feelings, or Dhamma?
0: Body. They're also in Dhamma, but that's not really practically important. In the Dhamma, they have the five aggregates, but it's more about understanding that reality is the five aggregates uh, than anything else. And just for lack of for avoiding confusion, they're in body. They are body, that's what body is.
1: Did the Buddha go through the four stages of enlightenment, sotapanna, anagami, etc.?
0: That's too technical, I don't like these questions. I think so, but I don't remember. Is that really something you need to know in order to bet Think like this, Shraddha. Is this a question that this person needs an answer to in order to continue in their practice? That's how we should be that's the ones we should be looking for. Because I know it's not that's not a bad question, but it's it's kind of a bad question. It's not a good question for us. It's not a bad question.
1: It seems like I'm having, okay, let me read the question first. It seems like I'm having a lot of bad meditations at the moment and I'm less focused. Are these bad meditation phases part of the path?
0: Well, there's no such thing as a bad meditation. Um, I, I guess there could be. A t- I mean, there's no such thing as a bad anything, I guess you could say. Bad is your judgment of it. Um, But, you know, we would think of a bad meditation would be one where you're not mindful. So, mindfulness isn't something that sometimes you, you know, you go through phases where you're not mindful. It's not like that. Mindfulness is in the present moment. It's something you can do at any moment. The problem sometimes I think is that we get into the idea of daily meditation and, and a time for meditation. And that's not what meditation is at all. Meditation is now. You set aside an hour or or a half an hour however long you have for meditation. You're setting aside that time for meditation. It doesn't mean you're meditating for 30 minutes or one hour or two hours. Meditating is is now, now, now. So when you're having what you think would be a bad meditation, you should try and be mindful at, at some moment. And at that moment you're meditating and it's good meditation. Rather than thinking of having bad meditations or so on you can't have a bad meditation you're either meditating in the moment or you're not meditating so if you do an hour where you weren't meditating that was useless an hour where you weren't mindful that was useless but it's not uh, It's not something you you just get lucky if sometimes you're, you know, you're good meditation you have to do it you have to do it every moment virya you need virya effort
1: How do I stop thoughts when meditating?
0: Well, what's your answer, Shraddha?
1: Read your booklet.
0: Read my booklet. (laughs) Well, we should give a little bit of a hint. You're not trying to stop the, the... You're not trying to stop the thoughts. Because reading my booklet isn't going to tell you how to stop your thoughts. It's going to teach you why you shouldn't... Well, it may not teach you. It's going to help you find a better way. Better than trying to stop the thoughts. Start to understand what is thinking. Understand and see, not just an understand in an intellectual way, but it means see thinking more clearly. See the process of thinking more clearly. Because when you see things more clearly, when you see things clearly, you understand the good and the bad in those things. You understand the stress and the suffering and the peace and the happiness when you see what is a source of stress and suffering and that seeing is enough when you see more clearly, when you see clearly you're naturally inclined towards things that are not stressful not suffering so thinking does decrease but not by stopping the thoughts by seeing that some of the patterns of thought are stressful by refining them just by nature of clearer understanding, clearer perception, clearer awareness.
1: I did bad deeds before the practice and now when I realize that I have to bear the fruits of those bad deeds it makes me worried and scared. What can I do as a possible remedy?
0: A remedy to being scared is to say scared, scared, or worried, worried. That's the remedy. There's no remedy to bad deeds. Bad deeds are done. They're going to have their result. Whether you've done bad deeds or not done bad deeds, you should work very hard to do good deeds, to better yourself, to purify the mind. And that will make everything better. That will sometimes even obliterate the results of bad deeds, sometimes, sometimes yes, sometimes no.
1: I find my meditation is stagnating, all that is sensed is awareness, should I increase my meditation time?
0: You can, yeah, that can be a good answer I mean, ultimately, the best way to progress is to do intensive meditation with a teacher Um, Now, that's very hard to do in these days I don't know your situation, but if you haven't done our at-home course That would be maybe a good next step, sort of halfway step If you have done that already Then, uh, yeah, increasing the time also not really judging the things as stagnating Because as I said to the earlier question It's more about moments than it is about hours or days or months or years You can't really be stagnating That's just a perception Mindfulness is, is a activity And it becomes a habit So the more you do it, the more habitual it becomes Work on that
1: Should I be open to noting other things than walking while walking? How open should I be?
0: So, with walking, the problem is there can be many things, many small distractions. And then, in order to be good, to be clearly aware of them, you really have to stop walking. Otherwise, you're dividing your attention. It's not very good practice. So, with slight disturbances, you can ignore them, just in walking. Don't don't do that in sitting because sitting it's easier to note them, but in walking, if it's just a slight disturbance, you can ignore it if it's not a slight disturbance and it's not magic i'm not, i can't there's no line where you can know for sure what which it is. This is practice, you just do what you can, but if you're really distracted by something or even moderately distracted by something, you should stop stop walking, take it as an object. There's nothing special about the walking standing is just as good. Stand still and say, if it's pain, for example, say pain, pain. Or if it's thoughts and you're really thinking a lot, say distracted, distracted. If it's sounds and you're just can't, you're distracted by the sounds. say hearing, hearing, and just stay with it until it goes away, or if after a long time it doesn't go away, just ignore it, go back to the
1: Should we include metta practice with Vipassana? If so, then how do we do it in our tradition?
0: I don't want to say you should. I think it's a good idea to do it. Um, I suppose you could say should. It's really good to do it, especially in the beginning when you sometimes have fairly strong... Anger at times, you know, bad feelings arising. Um, It's very simple to do. Just send it. If you have anger towards someone, send them metta. That's a very simple and simplistic way of doing it. There are much more methodical ways. But um, especially with the power of mindfulness, it's not so difficult. Send it to the person you have difficulty with. Send it to people you love, people you you uh, care about, send it to all beings. May all beings be happy. One good way to combine it with meditation is to wish for the benefits of your mindfulness practice to go to all beings, you know, single out those who you have trouble with, problems with, but to all beings as well. May all beings gain from, from my practice of mindfulness. May they share in the benefits of
1: this? Someone is asking about the spelling of Vishuddhi because they can't find it on Google, they spelled it not correctly. Is it V I S U D D H I Mm -hmm. M E G G A? -hmm. Next question is Should I think about or interpret my meditation experience afterwards? in terms of how to improve or what I learned about experiential reality?
0: Yeah, you can. It's a good thing to do. Don't become obsessive with anything, but yeah, having that kind of reflection can be useful. Don't be obsessive. I mean, don't, don't be overly critical where you spend a long time writing or analyzing or so on. Uh, reflecting on that time, how, how often were you actually mindful, that sort of thing. Write down the what's different about that practice from other practices. It can be very useful.
1: When noting a difficult experience, I sometimes get overwhelmed. Is retreating to the rising and falling allowed? Will I be able to bear more as I practice more?
0: Yeah, you will, absolutely. If you're overwhelmed, you can say overwhelmed, overwhelmed. Sometimes it's good to switch postures if you're overwhelmed. It's better not to ignore things, but if there's too much, if you're really stressed, you can lie down and do lying meditation. That's a good sort of relaxing posture, rising, falling still. But do try to note things. Try your best not to avoid or ignore things. Sometimes we want to feel peaceful and it's not peaceful and that's not pleasant. So you have to start to change from wanting to be peaceful to just being at peace with the uh, chaos. And it's difficult but that's the idea.
1: When the mind gets very calm, is it acceptable to stop noting and simply silently observe the objects?
0: No, then you would say calm, calm. The mind gets silent and calm, isn't it? Then you would say quiet, quiet, or calm, calm. Just calm, Acceptable, is it acceptable to stop noting? No, no, it's not acceptable. What would be the benefit it would be maybe more enjoyable you know less work it's like saying instead of lifting weights can i just sit there and not lift weights that's what it that's how it appears to that how that, that's how that question appears keep lifting weights i want to get strong keep working
1: I've just started to meditate. I'm finding that I get extremely anxious and cannot relax my breathing. I find this to be quite shocking as I wasn't expecting this. Mm -hmm. Is this normal for a novice?
0: So we can easily get into patterns of behavior that are imperfect but comfortable. Meditation is not that because unless you're a very strange sort of person, you weren't doing this sort of practice. This wasn't a very routine part of your life, right? So it's disruptive. It's disruptive outside of the disruption of actually being mindful. It's disruptive because it's new and and foreign. So in the beginning it can trigger quite strongly, you know, any kind of reactivity that's habitual, any any habits of reactivity that we already have will be strongly triggered by the meditation just because it's not what we're used to. And so you have to be patient with that in the beginning. It'll calm down even just because it becomes more familiar but of course it'll calm down much more uh, much more powerfully because of the power of mindfulness rather than trying to, Well, rather than, than feeding our reactivity we're trying to be objective, trying to observe without judgment.
1: During my walking and sitting meditation, when bodily discomfort arises and I note it, if it does not go away, is it okay to mindfully adjust my posture?
0: Stretch. Yes. Yes, just say wanting to move, wanting to move, moving, moving. You can move your legs if you want. Just try and be mindful of the movement. Take it as a part of the practice. Would you do better with a mouse over there? We can get a mouse, okay. I think we have one somewhere.
1: How important is it to note specific feelings, example, fear, boredom, etc., versus simply noting feeling?
0: Note the specific feeling. It's lazy to just note feeling. You're not gonna gain strength that way. It's not wrong, it's just lazy. Your mind will become lazy as a result. Try and be fairly accurate you don't have to fret or worry about getting it exactly right. But those kind of feelings are very, very clear. If you're afraid, say afraid. If you're worried, say worried. If you're angry or wanting or so on. Feeling, feeling is should be for a feeling you just can't identify or it's just a, some physical feeling. Yeah. If it's just a feeling you can't identify, then that's fine to say feeling. But if you can identify it, you really should.
1: don't know how to watch the breath and not automatically try to control the way and Mm -hmm. rate at which I breathe. Mm -hmm. eh, Advice.
0: Well, that's, that's, keep practicing is my advice. That's what you would expect from practicing uh, mindfulness. You would expect to see how the mind tries to control, how you can't control your controlling, right? It's not actually control. It appears to be control. We, We appear to be controlling but as you can see you're not in control at all you can't control yourself from controlling the controlling is just a habit it's a it's a st- getting stressed it's a agitation of the mind in regards to an experience in regards to the chaos right because our mind wants the habit is generally to try and and routine make things routine make things familiar predictable right When things are unpredictable, you have to adapt. And because our minds are generally lazy, we don't like to adapt. We aren't good at adapting. So it's uncomfortable, it's unpleasant. It annoys us because we have to react differently to something new. So you're becoming much stronger through the practice as you become more resilient to the chaos, to the change. Just try and... uh, try and just be mindful of it. And be patient because what you're going to see from trying to control is how stressful it is, right? That it actually is. That's the essence of trying to control, getting stressed about it. That's what you'll start to see. And as you see that, you you'll you'll free yourself from it. You're you're and you're doing that. That's what you're seeing. It's a great great It's a greatness of just starting out in the practice. You see things that you never saw before about yourself, how you try to control everything. You can't blame the meditation because it's clear that you're the one doing the controlling, right? It's what you bring to the practice. And as you see it more and more clearly, that's what meditation, mindfulness is for. To show you that. To change that about you because you start to see how stressful it
1: is. I'm not sure if this is relevant to meditation. But That's okay. Don't be
0: afraid. If you, if I yell at you, it's. I, I'm so not, you I don't. S- you can just be mindful.
1: Would it would it be considered samatha meditation when you stop noting and just observe with a calm mind?
0: It wouldn't be considered meditation, in my mind. Well, maybe. I wouldn't consider it a very valid meditation. Samatha meditation, you should use a mantra as well. It's just a very good op- good. Tool. Is it possible to meditate without a mantra? Yeah, I guess so. I don't think it's a very good usually. Much better off to use a mantra. The difference between samatha is not the technique, so much it is as it is the object. We call it samatha because it's incapable of bringing about vipassana. Not because vipassana has no samatha, but we call something samatha because that's all it can give you. They call something vipassana because not only might it give you samatha, it can also give you vipassana. But meditation that can only give you samatha or tranquility is meditation based on a concept. So it's the object that differs. If you say, for example, metta, may all beings be happy. If you just repeat that to yourself, may all beings be happy. Your object is people. And so you can't see impermanent suffering and non-self. Because people isn't something that's impermanent. A person, for example, is stable. You think about a person. You know, sometimes you send metta a lot to a person, and next time you see them, is like, "Okay, I hope I can still be kind." And then suddenly they're kind to you, and you're like, "What happened to this person?" Right? Because the person who you were sending metta to was just a concept. They weren't real. They've they've changed just as you've changed. Concepts can't bring you insight.
1: If simply noting feeling is sort of lazy, then is simply noting thinking lazy too, rather than noting seeing or hearing that you're experiencing in the mind as you think? Yes. Unsure what to do which.
0: That's not even lazy, that's incorrect. If it's seeing, then it's not thinking. If you're seeing in the mind, you should say seeing, seeing. If you're hearing in the mind, you should say hearing, hearing. Thinking is refer- is, is. restricted to uh, thoughts of content, you know. Like a verbalization, like a, not a verbalization, but the, what is it? Like a text, you know, an idea, an idea, you know. If you think to yourself, it's really hot today. Well, that's not seeing or hearing, right? That's thinking.
1: How long should we stay on an object that is not disappearing before we ignore it and move on?
0: Sometime. Stay with it for some time. (laughs) Naan noi. A little bit long. I would say just I mean one thing to put a fine point on it is just really obsession don't do that. We want to find answers, you know? Sometimes you want exact answers because we want things to be cut and dried, we want things to be simple. And they're not simple, they're chaotic. Part of flexibility is learning to adapt and if you think of war, no? If you plan out a war, it seems very easy to plan, and the the people at the top planning, they plan it all out. But for those people in the trenches, I've never been at war, but from what I hear, and, and, and absolutely I know that this is how it is, it's chaos. You never know what's going to happen, and, and it, it's nothing like what you planned. It's nothing like what is being planned, it's chaos. Because life is like that, you know. You can plan things out, but the reality of it uh, going on underneath Behind the scenes In the trenches Reality is chaotic So you don't look for exact answers You note it for a while as, this, as an example In this case you note it for a while If after a while it doesn't go away Just ignore it It's the best you can do You don't have to put a fine point on when you should ignore it It's not. You don't need answers like that Just go with it
1: What to do if a certain thought-feeling loop is obsessive and arising multiple times per minute, many times a day, and creates a prolonged state of aversion?
0: Mm -hmm. It doesn't create a prolonged state of aversion. You are aversion, you know, there's aversion to it. And that's what you have to change. In fact, there's not much you have to do there because what you're seeing is how stressful that all is. How stressful it is to think again and again, And how stressful it is to get upset about the fact that you're thinking again and again And so all of that will dissolve over time Your goal is to just cultivate the mindfulness that allows you to let go and not feed it Because when you see clearly what's going on You're going to start to be less inclined to think so much But more importantly, more, more importantly You're going to be less inclined to get angry about the fact that you're thinking so much. So what you have to do is stop seeing the thoughts as creating the aversion. And you can blame the thoughts as creating the aversion. That's not true. That's not right. Look at the aversion and blame the aversion. See, I mean, don't even blame it. Just say angry, anger, disliking, disliking. If you can blame the thoughts, then you don't have to take blame for being angry or upset. Take, it. take ownership of the anger, and don't take ownership of it, but in a, in a, in a figurative sense. Take ownership means accept that the anger is, is the problem. Don't, don't go blaming the thoughts. Say disliking, disliking, and you'll find when you give up the disliking of all that thinking, you're much happier, and you'll think less.
1: What are the be- best ways to stop wavering mind?
0: We're not trying to stop any mind. We're trying to be aware of it. So, yes, ultimately the, the wavering will decrease and eventually cease. But not from you trying to stop it. So the the question shouldn't be about how to stop things. It's a common question and if that's your question you have to start to look at things a little differently rather than trying to stop things, try to understand them see them clearly when you see clearly they'll be less wavering
1: we towards the end of the questions
0: now It's quicker uh, this way, no? Having a par- It's much quicker than me having to go back and I can be in a better state to answer them as well distracted.
1: I don't know if this is a good question, but are not relevant to meditation, but are sensations void of...
0: You have to keep the mic a little closer with that one. It doesn't pick up everything far away. I'll get you a stand. We'll try to find a stand for it.
1: Are sensations void of emotions? Is the emotion our response to the sensation?
0: So those are just words, but yes, I think so. Sensation, by sensations we mean usually, see, because you have to define them. But when we say sensations, we usually mean physical, uh, the four elements. Hardness, softness, heat, cold, stiffness, flaccidity, and the water element, which you really don't experience. But you you tangentially or, or indirectly experience uh, and emotions are completely different Emotions, by, them, by that word, we usually mean uh, reactions So you like something, you dislike something You're sad, you're worried, you're scared you're, You love, you like, that sort of thing You want Those are emotions So they're very different
1: Are there any alternatives to walking meditation for someone who isn't physically able to do it?
0: Absolutely, yes. Just sitting meditation is fine. You can do wheelchair meditation for people who are in wheelchairs. I had one woman who had multiple sclerosis who would, uh, had a walker and she would lie on her walker and kick her legs to, w- to walk back and forth in the hall. She could, uh, and she eventually got better and was able to use crutches for a while. It was quite impressive. I mean, it didn't get better, but the the walking, uh, the meditation she was doing helped her because she was diligent with it. So,
1: there's a follow up question from someone from before, so still confused about the question earlier about noting, thinking versus seeing. If a memory of my childhood comes up in my mind, how should it be noting remembering or seeing does um, it matter which word I use
0: not really but if it's if it's it's how it appears to you most clearly if it appears to you most clearly as the idea of the past not remembering remembering or even just thinking thinking because you're still thinking about the past and if it, it more appears as an image because in the beginning it might not be you might not be able to. Separate them But eventually you'll be able to separate This is, ah, I see something now, an image of the past i thinking about the past But don't, don't get too obsessive about it It really doesn't make that big of a deal Whether you say thinking or seeing Just however it appears to you And you'll get better at that You'll get better at recognizing Ah, this is seeing This is thinking
1: The password. There was last question that we have, but there was one question I skipped earlier, because it was not exactly about meditation, but maybe.
0: Is that it then? We we got to the end. We finally answered all the questions. No. not so many. Or oh, we're going quickly. No, I think we're going
1: through them quickly. Yeah. Um, if one has problems with memory and forgetfulness, can one practice vipassana, and how?
0: Well, mindfulness should help with memory forgetfulness to some extent, but you don't have to you don't have to remember so much. You have to get good at being mindful and that takes some skill and and you know, remembering to be mindful. But you don't have to be thinking about you know, lots of concepts or ideas or intellectual things. If you can remember the four foundations of mindfulness, that would be a good feat. Try and remember those four. Four things. Most people can remember that. But if you can't, well, work on it. That would be a good task for most people. And if you can't remember them at all, it's still possible to practice. That's not a a barrier. You really have to remember one thing is how to be mindful, how to evoke mindfulness by using the mantra. Repeating to yourself, thinking or seeing or even just rising falling.
1: When I experience sadness, there are thoughts about it and the emotions as well. Do we break it down and note each component or focus on the most prominent?
0: The most prominent. Once you've noted that, you can try just going back to the stomach, continue with rising, falling. Something else takes your attention, note that. But usually try to note whatever's prominent and then come back to the rising and falling once it's gone. It's not about trying to catch everything, it's about trying to be present and, devo- and cultivate habits of being in the present.
1: How do I use meditation to stop addiction besides noting?
0: Addiction is very difficult, it takes time. Rather than trying to overcome addiction directly, Try and learn to be mindful Because addiction is very difficult Addiction isn't the first step The first step is being mindful and seeing clearly Seeing clearly about the addiction Because the addiction might persist But behind the addiction there are there are things that perpetuate And, and egg it on like views, wrong views and conceit, like low self-esteem, high self-esteem, wrong ideas about how to get rid of the addiction, wrong ideas about self, trying to control the addiction, that sort of thing. It really is no quick answer. There is no solution, Um, no quick solution to addiction. Of course, the mindfulness will help you to overcome and, and eradicate the addiction, but that's Something that has to come second. The first step is to see clearly, is to have a better perspective on your addiction, a better way of approaching it rather than trying to control it, trying to see it clearly. As you see it more clearly, you'll start to slowly see how stressful it is. And and I don't mean that you don't see how stressful it is, but you really don't. We see the results which are stressful, but we don't see how the addiction itself is is mean is worthless. It's unbeneficial. And that's a direct experience that has to come having seen clearly, having gained this perspective of clarity.
1: This is not meditation related, but someone is asking if you have any recommendations for monasteries to ordain as a monk.
0: No, I don't.
1: that was the last question and someone said they don't have a question but they're full of fear and regret and they want to thank you for your work because it helps
0: Mm -hmm. good well if you're interested do the at-home course anyone who's interested we still have slots people doing it still people signing up which is great but there's still lots of room for more people to take an at-home course it's all free we're putting our, i put the website on on there not because we're advertising it's not to try and get something from you it's to you know if you want to where can i go to learn more go to our website that's what the website's for it's there to provide more information and there's lots of information there about what we do about how to practice this more deeply don't be content with what you've read if you've read the booklet that's the first that's a great first step if you haven't read our booklet, booklet read it I think that tried and tested People say good things about it So I'm confident that it's it's good Read that If you have read that Don't be content with it Because it only provides the first step It's the introduction to the course Because we can't do intensive courses And even if we could We can only host so many people And only those people who are really fortunate Are able to actually travel all the way to our center To take a course So mostly start with the at home course and in fact we're going to require in the future if we ever open up again we're going to require people to take the at home course first because it's been so beneficial it's such a good introduction for people who have never meditated before to just jump into an intensive course is often very difficult so while they're waiting once they've applied for to come here they still have time to do the at home course it's a good prep and then once they come here we found it's incredible the difference, they're just able to quickly go through the intensive course because they have no doubt, no uncertainty, and they're, they're good at it because they've spent lots of time practicing at home.
1: There are some more questions.
0: Wow, we're almost out of time. I thought we could run away there. Let's cut them off there. No more questions, please. Whatever you've already asked, we'll answer.
1: Um, I oftentimes get itchy during meditation. I note this and it usually goes away quickly. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it doesn't and I get anxious, angry. Mm -hmm. Do I note the anxiety, anger or the cause of it being itchy?
0: Note the the anger and the anxiety. If you do itch, just try and rub it instead and say rubbing, rubbing. Maybe do scratch, I mean... If you itch, you can just say itchy, itchy.
1: Am I supposed to be noting with a word during the entire meditation? If I get familiar with the rising and falling, can I just be present with it without noting the words in my mind?
0: You can, but you wouldn't be meditating. Wouldn't, I wouldn't consider it very strong or powerful meditation Again, it's like When I've done some weightlifting, can I stop lifting weights? I mean, it doesn't seem like that Because you say, well, you're still being mindful But it's just a word When you say, I'm still being mindful Maybe you are, maybe you aren't Sometimes you are, sometimes you aren't The point is, you're not working to evoke the mindfulness. Why do people practice mantra meditation? Because of the work it does. Because of the effort involved. Because of the power involved. That's what a mantra is for. So you you, you can say, well, I'm, st- I'm still mindful. Maybe you are, maybe you aren't. Sometimes you are, sometimes you aren't. You're not working anymore. Not from my perspective. I guarantee if you if you have put your confidence in this and really try to be patient. You, you, you'll learn. You learn things you wouldn't otherwise about yourself.
1: This is not directly about meditation, but someone is asking. People said gambling is bad in terms of losing. Is it still considered bad if I do it as a profession and I'm on the winning side?
0: Hmm. Is that um that's not Michael is it
1: Stephen Trent
0: okay, someone else Michael was it I think it's I can't remember, maybe I'm wrong, no, I may be getting the name wrong, even. It's gambling gambling is uh, I talked to we had so we had this uh, conversation with one someone who was staying here about gambling. The problem is you're taking money that people don't want to give you. You are, you know, when when there's a transaction, I, I trade you something, you know. I'm giving the money in return for getting something in return, right? That's how commerce works at its very simplest form. I do some work and uh, you appreciate that work or the product of that work, and you value it, and you give me the value something of equal value. You know, it's become now we have this inter this intermediary of money, where instead of giving other people things, we actually give them our debt. You know, someone owes us something. This is how money works, apparently. Someone owes us something. That's what these bills mean. And I'm giving you that debt, so giving you their debt. It's kind of confusing actually, but it still comes down to because I value the work you did and I want to give you something uh, value before it. That's very different from the competition involved with gambling. It's really a competition, right? If you're playing poker. So poker is, is not exactly gambling, um, it's more like com- competing. You're competing for each other's money. You're taking each other's money. Now, of course, it has the sick side, the side of people becoming um, addicted to it and losing lots and lots of money. There's so much wrong with it because it's it's greed. It's uh, it's out of proportion to the work that you do. And and the intention is to get. Often, much more than than in proportion to the work that you do. It's a it's manipulative. Because you're you know listening to people who win. They learn tricks. They learn ways to win and ways to take take money away from people. You know? It's nothing like this um, ordinary commerce. Even ordinary commerce, if you want to get a sense of um, how refined, the difference between refined and coarse, even ordinary commerce is problematic. Why? Because the person actually doesn't want to give you the money, or doesn't want to give you the thing in return. They just want the thing that you have to give, right? And so an enlightened being can't engage in commerce because they, they, they can't ask for things. They can't try and take things from people Because of what that entails It entails taking something from someone that, who doesn't want to give it to you So there's a story of an anagami who would sell pots But he wouldn't put price tags on them He would say, leave whatever you want Take what you like and leave whatever you think it's worth Or whatever you want to leave so, and, and it wasn't even money He said, leave some rice, leave some beans and he did that because he had to take care of his mother He couldn't become a monk so he was, His mother was sick And so he had to look after her So he had to work But he couldn't put price tags on things Gambling is very far from that It's very It's highly problematic Because of the, the greed involved And the intensity of 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 um, the gain and the, the obsession with gain, the obsession with uh, winning and so on, the manipulation, the, you know, so much, the competition, the taking what is not given freely, that sort of thing.
1: And there's one more question, how to decide on a mantra?
0: There's two kinds, there's a mantra where the focus, the object of the mantra is a concept and there's a mantra where the object is reality. So if you read our booklet it talks about the various objects of reality you can apply a mantra to, those are all within that They're all within that second category The reality ones Mantras based on concepts are things like people, places, things, God A candle flame for example If you say fire, fire, fire That's a concept If you say white, white you focus on a white disc You say white, white It's an idea not real. So those are different. Neither of them is wrong. They're actually both valid meditation objects and meditation techniques. But if you want to become free from suffering, you have to eventually practice vipassana, which means you have to focus on reality. The difference is that reality is impermanent suffering and non-self. The objects are not going to be stable, satisfying, controllable. They're going to be chaotic. They're going to arise and cease so you can't stick to one object for very long it's often less pleasant than samatha so samatha can be a good base if you want to be calm and peaceful for a while it's just not going to last or not going to give you deep and profound results and ultimate freedom from suffering
1: are there are some more questions coming
0: wow, we said stop, that was it there's always going to be more questions. It's like, this you want to help people, you'll never run out of people to help. We will never run out of people to help.
1: I, think I need two more. Huh? So, so just two more. But this two one I more. think is helpful. Right, two more. How does the online class work? Uh, okay. What's involved with the meetings?
0: We meet. Uh, it's a good question. And mm-hmm. I don't ever give a que- oh, Let's try and give good information here. So, um, And we meet once a week. You have to be doing at least an hour of meditation a day, half walking and half sitting. You have to be keeping the five precepts at least. The goal by the end of the course is to be up to two hours, so that should be a goal, and you should be ready and willing to work towards that week by week until eventually you're at two hours per day. And the meetings should you should consider that you're not there to tell me your life story or tell me all sorts of um details about what you think about things. This is what I often get and it's not really necessary or, or appropriate to talk about what you think or how you feel or don't even tell me whether your meditation was good or bad or better or worse and so on. Well all that we're interested in is what happened, the, the, the experiences. Think about the four satipatthana and what what sort of things arise, how did you note them, did you note them, did you forget to note them, that sort of thing. And don't worry if you don't come up with anything, if you you come to the meeting and don't have anything to say, that's totally fine. Because I have lots of questions I'll ask you. And I'll give you new exercises. Uh, It's quite simple, for some people it might be very short if people have lots of questions. That's you're free to ask your questions. That's a big part of it, and it can take longer, but that's fine, long or short. We once a week we talk, and you need some technical savvy. You need a headset, and you don't need a video camera. We don't use video, something I don't mention. Some people do use video. I don't use it. It's uh, we don't. It's not necessary, and the the real reason for not using it is because uh, internet is unstable. And if I can't hear you, then we can't talk, but if I can't see you, it's fine. So we just tend not to use video to save bandwidth. And that's it. I'll send you videos sometimes, pictures sometimes, giving you new exercises, and we'll go through the course, or most of the course.
1: In daily life, how do I do thinking work and be mindful?
0: You don't. When you're doing thinking work, you're doing thinking work. You can't at the same time be mindful because your mind is otherwise engaged. But in between the moments of thinking work, there's going to be lots of moments where you can be mindful. Sometimes you'll get distracted. Sometimes you'll have physical experiences. All of those you can be mindful of. So you have to see it not as me doing physical, me doing thinking work, no. There are moments of thinking work, but there are also many other moments, and mindfulness can help with those. I mean, it takes practice.
1: This may be a follow up question from um, uh, Okay from the online course. Okay. How far should one be into their meditation practice before attending Sirimangalo? I don't know if that means online. Or
0: well, you should have done the at-home course before you come to our center. You can't come to our center now, mostly. We might make some exceptions for Canadian people in the future. I don't know. I mean, We might open it up to people in Canada, no? I don't know. But um, to do the at-home course, you don't need any experience. It's considered complete beginner. That's the point. All right, we're done. That's it. Thank you all. This works well, no? Is that okay? Not too stressful for you? Not too distracting? All right. Maybe we'll set it up like this in the future. Thank you all for joining. And wish you all a good night. And find peace, happiness, and freedom from suffering. You know how to turn it off? There should be a button in the top right.